Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Everything in the life of Christ shows us that God has come down to man. And in so doing, God has become one of us. The very act of Jesus' conception shows us that the dwelling place of God is with man and that man is not supposed to live disconnected and apart from God, but with him in every way. But that's how things were in the beginning and that's how the world is designed to work. You cannot get closer than Adam was to the Lord. And consider that Adam was formed with God's own hands out of dirt and with water and then brought to life with his own life-giving breath. So perhaps to live with Christ on earth seems right. There is a restoration taking place. We are setting things aright. That is what the presence of Christ does. So, like, Feeding the 5,000 and that kind of way of thinking is not really all that amazing. It's not all that surprising. When you consider that this is the same Lord who provides food for all of the birds of the air. Oh, well, what's 5,000 people then? This is what happens when you are with the Lord. Adam and Eve did not hunger or thirst for anything in the garden. Why is that? Because they were in the Lord's presence. And that, friends, is what holy baptism is. Setting right what has gone wrong, even in the littlest among us who will walk with Jesus from now on. And the seeds from Eden sprout here, the breath of God being breathed again. And eating and drinking the Holy Communion is setting the world back to its proper place. Even in the Lord's Supper, the Holy Eucharist, we are spinning backwards against tyranny and hate, spinning backwards against oppression and fear and violence, bringing instead love and forgiveness and peace and joy. So, in some sense, Christ coming to live with us actually kind of makes sense. It's the way the world is supposed to be, and it's what we've all been longing for. And sometimes you see it in the Gospels, it seems like people sort of knew him before he got there, even. They greet him as if they already knew that he was coming. And then that he would be crucified and raised from the dead also. Well, you can predict that if you just, you know... Listen to him. It's not like it was a secret that he was hiding from anyone. It was just too much to believe. But today, the ascension, this is unexpected. Uh, this is something else, and this is very surprising. Instead of just living with us here forever, instead of just staying with us and teaching us and whatnot, Jesus Christ ascends into heaven. Jesus Christ ascends to the right hand of God the Father Almighty from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. 
It's not enough that he comes down just to become one of us. And not only does he come to become one of us, not only does he not come to not destroy us, he comes to restore us and lift us up too. In his coming down, we are lifted up into the Godhead. And in the ascension of Jesus Christ, we are taken up with him into godliness. Because, see this, that Jesus is very intent on proving to them and showing them that he is not just a spirit. He did not vacate his body upon his ascension. Jesus never left his body behind. Jesus didn't even leave his body behind when it was at its worst. Jesus could have abandoned his body at the temptation when he was starving nearly to death. Jesus could have left his body there on the cross. He could have left it there in the tomb. Just leave it behind. But no. Instead, he walks raised from the dead as one of us, flesh and blood. He eats and he drinks and he talks and he blesses. He is not a ghost. He is not a spirit. He is not a phantom or a figment of anyone's imagination. He's not even like superhuman or anything like that. He is fully human, fully God. And this is surprising because it does not seem that the Lord has always felt this way about us, that he would care at all to lift us up. And why? Well, because we have not always felt too kindly about the Lord either. I mean, we thought we knew better from the very beginning. Uh, You can eat everything in the world, just not that. Well, I'm going to eat that. Mm. Work the land by the sweat of your brow. Well, I'm going to make machines and stuff. Be happy with the wife of your youth. Wow. I need another woman. So eventually you end up with things like the flood. Hmm. Where God even regrets that he ever even made us. One of our real problems is that we have forgotten how bad we actually are, how sinful we actually are, and how bad sin really is. There is no small sin, not one single sin. Now, of course, like there's different kind of scales of these things. But at their root, every sin has idolatry and worshiping a false god at its core. At its root, every single sin is just us thinking that we know better than God. Whether that's killing people or coveting people's stuff. You have thought that you know better than God. So you love other things and you trust other things and you fear other things and you have a list that is a mile long of things that you trust more than the Lord. So when the Messiah came, it is amazing that he did not come to destroy us. He did not come sword in hand. Instead, 
He came to take on all that we are and to restore the whole entire thing. And from then on, the world turns on grace or it will eat itself up. The world has to have forgiveness or else it will implode. So when Jesus came of age, he did not assemble an army to overthrow the sinners and to destroy them and leave the earth littered with their corpses, no. And when he rode into Jerusalem, when the people would have done anything that he asked them to do, they would have taken up arms and rebelled and revolted. Yet he tells his disciples to put down their swords and heals the man whose ear had been cut off by one of them. And when he is nailed to the cross, he does not call down the angel legions with flaming swords in their hands to kill the enemies like they'd done in the past. No. Instead, he forgives breathes out his life-giving breath to the world, and in so doing, he is seen and declared to truly be the Son of God. And then when he is raised from the dead, he does not even seek out the people who would have been his enemies to punish them or to exact revenge or even to shame them in the least bit. Instead, he comes and speaks peace to them. We're not even told ever that he goes after the guys who uh, tried to do him wrong. He is not interested in revenge, but love and forgiveness. That is surprising. So can you do that? Can you speak peace to the people who have injured you? Can you breathe out love to those who are unlovable? Can you forgive someone who has just straight up sinned against you? This is the way of Jesus. This is the way of life. This is the way of the ascension. This is the way that we live, and it is totally and absolutely surprising. It is as if you received bills in the mail that instead of saying how much you owed, said how much you were being credited for how much you had used that month. And this world is for you. Because Christ is ascended, and he is ascended as one of us. And he has not gone away, for we are with him. And he has lifted you up to be seated with him. So do not worry, for this whole entire old dying world will be lifted up to out of death into life. You can see the first shoots coming up already, even right here and here today. And there will be more and more. This is just the beginning. For Alleluia, Christ is risen.
Hallelujah.